And hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Scoop. I interviewed Molly McCutcheon. She is an up and coming artist. Um, really, really dope person. She lives in Atlanta, but she um, is is working in art and looks like she's going to travel um, to many different spots, which is really cool. Her Twitter is Molly underscore McCutch. And she's got a super rare link on there. She's got a link tree on there. Go and follow her. She's got 15,000 followers. She's legit. Um, so yeah, we talk about a little bit of art, a little bit of NFTs, a little bit of psychedelics. I mean, we talk about the whole gambit. It's um, it's a great time. So apologies for my voice. <laughs> I am a little sick, but um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. I love you all. Welcome to another week. Got a cool guest here. This is why Twitter is uh, probably the most crucial element of uh, Web3 because you get to meet some pretty dope people. So I'm here with Molly McCutcheon. Uh, she is an artist up and coming with NFTs. And I mean, I say up and coming. Um, she's been around, but uh, I, I've just discovered her probably, I think it was like a month ago, maybe. And she's got really cool work and really excited to hear more from her. So Molly, go ahead and just uh, introduce yourself real quick and who you are, what you do, what's what's going on with life, all that. <laughs> For sure. I, um, you know, so I've only been in this space since June of 2022. And like I, um, you know, I graduated college basically a year ago and I graduated early. I went from being a division one athlete to literally like stepping into the real world and I was like so lost honestly and I uh I was just doing a bunch of like web stuff web design freelance social media stuff um you know marketing stuff and that's how I discovered NFTs and I've always been an artist I've always um drawn I actually never would like identify myself as an artist until now but since I was younger, like since I was literally like five or six, I was like in a special arts class in my school system. And um, I've always been like a super minimalist, like a yeah. lot of small drawings that you can probably see in my work now. And um, yeah, discovering the space, I just entered like super naive, super like, I don't know what this stuff is. I had to learn. <laughs> I'm still learning so much. And um yeah, eventually I just started realizing like how much of an opportunity there was like literally staring back at me. And so I started hosting my own Twitter spaces um, with a couple friends that had been in the game for a while that I was lucky enough to meet. And, uh, you know, it actually like, um, like started my growth pretty quickly. Um, and... <laughs> I didn't start even posting my artwork until like maybe like August of 2022. Okay. And you know, it started to pick up, but I had to overcome a lot of like uh, doubt, I guess. I was just, I wasn't even mm -hmm. like being an artist in my bio, you know, I wasn't doing any of that. And um, yeah, basically uh, <laughs> I just started posting more and more and more. I just, I stayed really consistent with the type of stuff I was doing on Twitter. 
which, you know, Twitter is literally like the reason all of this is possible. And, um, you know, it paid off. And, and now, like, five months later, I have two sales under my belt now with my 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 latest one coming last night. <laughs> and they were both for three ETH. And most importantly, though, they're both two people that... I, I really trust with my first couple pieces of work um, that that plays into my strategy, at least um, as far as how, how I want to build value, how I want to build scarcity around my artwork. Um, and, you know, my artwork is physical. So I am attacking the space. I'm attacking NFTs and using it more as like an accelerator, um, you know, in a digital way. And that because of that you know my collectors are both they have a history of being physical art collectors like um that's where they got started that's where they're known for it that's where their connections are and so it's just been really great it's been um working out really great and uh yeah i guess that's that's like a brief intro and now i have to get a charger for my computer because <laughs> no worries Apologies. go for it yeah while she's getting that charger, I want to make a point, guys, that she she made an important point about the digital space and how bridging NFTs with your in real life work is that it's going to be the new wave of NFTs and what provide value. So that was a that was a really important point that uh, you touched on, Molly. And so you talked about you just sold a work for three ETH. This is a one-of-one, one, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you're going to present this in an exhibit? Yeah, you know, so my first sale was exactly a month ago today, actually. Yeah. And it was a big deal. Um, it is a big deal. Congrats. Thanks. It was, um, it kind of happened unexpectedly. But uh, yeah, my first sale was a month ago. My second sale was last night. And both of them, I went the exact same way about it. Um, You know, I didn't do an auction. I literally had a collector reach out and say, you know, now is I'm ready right now to buy this piece right now. And so minted on Super and then it was sold like less than 30 minutes later. And um, basically with both of these pieces, um, the first one, my collector is a you know experienced physical art collector and he's based out of London and um, my first piece is going to hang there probably forever because I just I know who he is and he has this gallery this special gallery I'm super excited to to put it in and my um, my piece I sold last night my my collector is also an art collector and it's probably just going to go in his house like he doesn't have a designated gallery but like his house basically is his gallery and um <laughs> yeah I think my my goal that I haven't finalized yet is to on my in my London trip that I'm going to be taking soon to have like a private exhibit kind of like a private showing um with people in London to exhibit both of these pieces plus other physicals that I have um, before, you know, they basically go up into a, these people's homes and galleries, like for the rest of, you know, forever. So um, yeah, I think that 
my goal is definitely to do more exhibits. I did my first exhibit in Miami um, at Art Basel just a month ago, and it was so much fun. Um, it wasn't like a solo exhibit by any means, but um, it was just, it was a great turnout. It was a really fun experience, and uh, I want to do more of them. Yeah, no, that's awesome. No, I, I really like what you're what you're touching on here because it, it's important to realize the digital space in particular and how NFTs can can really scale your kind of business or your artwork because um, I and and I guess just to focus back and track back to what you said with a collector reaching out to you. Can you elaborate on maybe that process a little bit? So I'm actually <laughs> trying to sell an NFT right now and I have a lot of scammers trying to come in to like my DMs and those things. So how do you know like when it's like a scam person and how do you know when it's like a legit person trying to buy like your NFT just for the audience that might be a little new and might, you know, come across these types of people? Yeah, you know, that's something that comes with I think a lot of spending enough time in the space and talking to enough people and being in enough situations to mm -hmm. kind of like hone in on your own like emotional intelligence when it comes to dealing with people like especially dealing with people through a screen like you never really know who you can trust and that's kind of scary however yeah. it bodes so well for when you are in person you know, making those same judgments in your head. And so both of my, um, I think I, I'm also coming from the, the place that my work is, since my work is physical and it's not just digital, I'm leveraging that and making sure that I'm making connections with people in person. Like that's actually how my first two sales have gone about with both collectors. I, so my first collector, Toby, I actually met him you know, virtually met him through a Twitter space. Um, and, you know, we connect, he's actually an artist manager. Like he's somebody that is accredited highly in the space. So, you know, when you have a reputation like that in the space, it's pretty easy to trust you. And, um, you know, I met him through a Twitter space. We talked about like mushrooms or something, you know? So we already had that connection. <laughs> And um, then I met him at a private event in Miami that we were both at. There was a bunch of other artists there. And we just we just talked. Like, I didn't have any kind of clue or anything that he was going to be my first collector. I didn't approach him in that way that he was going to collect my work or like he was a potential collector or anything. Like, um, we literally just started talking about, like, you know, our journey, kind of like what I'm talking about on this space. And or this interview and um, you know, we realized there was a deep kind of like artistic understanding that we shared um, just mm -hmm. when it comes to taste. And also, like I said, he manages big artists. Um, so he knows, you know, and so we were talking about a lot of stuff and then I literally had this album on my phone that I made of like pieces I know were pieces that I could possibly sell if people asked to look at what I have available and, he was like, can I see some of your work? Yeah. And he literally, you know, my Genesis piece that he bought, um, he stopped on it and he was like, how much? <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, like, holy shit. So it literally happened in person. Um, we shook hands on it. And then after Miami Art Basel, we just did like a 
hopped on the phone, you know, I was like, you ready? <laughs> Minted the piece and then he bought it. And this, the sale that I had last night, very similar, very similar situation. I met this guy in Miami through somebody that I trusted. Like I met him for the first time. I only found out he existed in Miami and I met him in person. And um, I quickly realized like same, you know, thing with uh, my first collector. Like there was some, there was a really uh, great connection and energy right off the jump. Yeah. There was no red flags. And so, um, you know, I learned more about him and I learned about his history with art and also what kind of person he is. And also, you know, with both of the people I've sold to so far, um, they are people that I think will, I'm going to benefit way more having them in my life as just like a friend than having yeah. them collect my piece and basically give me like grief for my piece of art, you know, like um, that's kind of the mindset that I've gone about with, you know, selling my first couple pieces. Cause I will say like, if you're an artist and you're not your first thing that you're doing, isn't like a project and you're trying to sell like individual NFTs, like art, it's really like your first couple sales. It's really important who you sell to. And, um, you know, like I said, like my first collector, he's somebody that a lot of people know in the space. He's somebody that is, he has a great reputation in the space. You know, he's highly accredited in that sense. And then this next guy, he's newer into crypto, but like he's, he has that same reputation in the real world when it comes to art and, um, just a great person, you know? So I guess like when it comes to that, like as much physical connection that you can make with somebody, whether that's hopping on a phone call with them, meeting them in person, you know, like do it. <laughs> like, yeah. do, like, I don't, you know, I don't think I'm going to see myself doing like an auction where anybody can buy my piece until I'm at a certain level of comfortability with who already owns a lot of my artwork. And um, it's just, it's like a long-term play, I think, um, you know, so, you know, don't be afraid to like reach out to people and like just hop in the DMs right away, hop on, be upfront, like be like, you know, a little bit like, like, Hey, let's hop on a phone call. You know, if you're serious, yeah. cause, cause the truth is if somebody's serious and for the right reasons about buying your piece of art they're going to want to hop on a phone call with you, especially if it's your first couple pieces. If you're an artist that's highly accredited and you've played the chess game well, then, you know, when you do a random auction, you're only going to have legit people bidding up your piece, if that makes sense. So it's really about the foundation that you set and um, the type of conversations and connections that you make, um, you know, with that person. That's boss shit. Right on uh no great point yeah yeah if someone's gonna pay you like you know three ETH, which is you know the equivalent to like i guess you know more than three about three grand about three and a half um yeah of course someone's gonna want to hop on the phone you know if they're if they're actually legit so that's a really good point to make that's very simple um so thank you for sharing that um do you still do your web design and your marketing or are you just full-time i guess i guess well you only talk about selling well i yeah, here's my question. Are you still doing web design marketing stuff or are you just doing art full time? Oh, I'm still, trust me, art is like my, it's just one source of like how I'm supporting myself right now. I'm yeah. actually, I've been doing 
not web design anymore. I've been working for companies doing marketing and social media strategy. A lot of like all the marketing and and strategy growth, anything I do is through social media and especially usually through Twitter because Twitter is my specialty. And um, yeah, I I actually am working for two different people right now and they're companies, you know, they're not like NFT projects. They're like, um, you know, web two that have interest in web three companies. And um, luckily I'm able to just do like contracting work because I know with how things are going right now with what I'm like super passionate about and want to really pursue the rest of my life. Like um, there might come a day in a month where I'm like, Hey guys, I'm not going to be available this month. Like I'm going to be traveling and doing exhibits and doing X, Y, and Z. And so that's just kind of how it's been, you know, like I'm doing this art stuff, (laughs) this art stuff, right? Doing uh, (laughs) my own social media stuff because like it is a job in itself. Um, I don't want to say it's like it's work. Like I'm having so much fun doing it, but like it's the equivalent of like almost a full-time job. And then I just, luckily I've gotten like comfortable enough with, what I'm getting paid to do by these companies that like I can do this work pretty quickly. It's not taking up a lot of my time and I'm, I'm getting paid, you know? So yeah, yeah, I'm still doing it. And it's actually like, I don't want to stop doing it if that makes sense, because like this market that we're working in as artists is so volatile, that like to always have a backup plan just in case and have an extra source of income. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, yeah, I work a full-time job right now. Um, hopefully I can exit that this year and, and focus more on, yeah, contracting is definitely something I recommend for people that, you know, if they want to pursue a business, but also like need to have a backup plan, um, contract work. I, I mean, cause kind of make, you kind of make your own hours in a sense. Um, social media is a good one. Um, copywriting is a good one. Um, sales contracting is a good one too so yeah thank you for sharing web design too uh if you're a coder i would just contract myself and make a shit ton of money coding um i just don't have that i don't have that expertise or knowledge so uh that that's beyond me but let's take it back to the the mushrooms (laughs) talk that you had with your collector so I see you tweeting about mushrooms. What is your integration with mushrooms in your artwork? I'm curious. I uh, I like I like mushrooms myself. So uh, no judgment, obviously. Um, but you know, I I try to integrate it in different spiritual aspects. But I've noticed um, it's helped me download a lot of high level thoughts with you know my business and my kind of future outlook. Mm-hmm. So how have you integrated mushrooms with your artwork? Man. So I'll just start. I, I won't try to talk about mushrooms forever because I could. So <laughs> I, got, I got time. So shit. <laughs> I actually, um, when I graduated college early, the reason why I did so is because I got medically disqualified from my sport with my mm. concussion. Yeah. And so that whole process of going through um basically what was almost considered like tbi was what led me down the rabbit hole of looking for ways to help myself (laughs) 
Yeah, of course. So I tried everything. I actually tried like everything that I could. Um, and then I got to the point where I realized like, you know what, I need something to help me. Like I was dealing with a lot of post-concussion syndrome and different things. And um, I researched mushrooms and psychedelics for like six months. Mm -hmm. And I actually like knew some former professional athletes who had, you know, ended their careers for the same reason. And then literally mushrooms like saved their life. And I was like, holy cow, you know, and because up to that point, I was like, I've never done a psychedelic in my life. Like I, I'm not a, yeah. I'm not a drug. I don't drink, I, you know, I don't, I don't do stuff like that. And mm -hmm. um, I had to like undo that, like learning that I guess society had like put into my brain. That, the programming. Like, yeah. You know, like, oh, this is a drug, blah, blah, blah. And then, bad, yeah. you know, <laughs> all of my research and everything I had been going through, I was like, I you know, I need to try this. So I literally uh, had it, my, I was given like these really rare mushrooms and um, I tried them. I, I actually tripped by myself. Oh um, man. And for the first time, yeah, it was, it was great. I've never ever had a bad experience with mushrooms. And that just goes to show your energy levels. Yeah. You know, I mean, like mushrooms, like, They've saved my life. They've changed my life. But I believe that I can say, like, they have made me, like, organize my thoughts better. Because I've, I'm somebody that does have, like, ADHD tendencies. Mm -hmm. I've never gone to a doctor to get diagnosed with it. But I just have all those tendencies. And my brain kind of operates like that. And I can say that I don't think, like, mushrooms are the reason why they've, like, made me almost, like, smarter. But I think that um, I'm able to just understand how my brain works better because of them so with all that being said i microdose i only have tripped like three times and i've you know like six months in between um but i microdose not every day i literally microdose like maybe like twice a week maybe okay um i grow my own <laughs> No way. No my own. I probably shouldn't say that, but like, no, I, well, my own because I, you're in uh well, you're, well, that is Georgia. I mean, the CIA ain't listening to this. They got better shit to worry I, about. I so say, you're good. <laughs> I'm honestly so confident in the fact that things are going to be realized by the masses as medicine soon that like, you know, yeah. I'm kind of like so open about it, but um, yeah. They have made me understand so much about myself that I think that is why I'm able to just like create more freely now. And um, definitely like I, I read science stuff. I read math stuff. Like I get really deep into like quantum physics. I get really deep into like space shit. I get really deep into, um, I have a bunch of books by like Isaac Newton and Albert Einstein and um when I read those books um especially since I've started getting into that stuff um since I have become so much more acute to my own awareness because of mushrooms um and because of I guess my will to get there too I do believe that mushrooms are kind of like this tool that if you take them it's it kind of like sheds away some ego to allow you to choose to explore your own minds. And um, all of that being said, 
that's why a lot of my creative process and to some people that can see in my artwork, there's a lot of arithmetic. There's a lot of different types of like geometry and um, like quantum, you know, theories that I'm trying to express because I'm trying in my, in a lot of my artwork, I'm trying to express psychological things, philosophical things and scientific things that you can't, you can only visualize in your imagination. Like there's nothing that will ever like correctly portray what it is. And um, in that sense, like a lot of my art and my artistic process is like the challenge of trying to express what I'm understanding in my head. <laughs> and it's fun and it's also a challenge. And it's also like, I believe it makes me smarter. I believe it literally makes me like more aware. and. Um, it's just been a good thing for my life, honestly. Like, I feel like it's helped me with how I interact with people. It's helped me understand my own path. It's helped me understand my own ethics and morals and how I want to live my life. And, um, you know, so I use it as a medicine and it's definitely had an influence on my artwork. That's awesome. That's beautiful. <clears throat> and I say that because you, you said a lot of great, I would say, conscious words right there uh first and foremost you talked about shedding ego which is probably the biggest obstacle for everyone uh because it's entrapped in your mind and um it's what programmed us to think all the thoughts that we think you know um so mushrooms do eliminate the ego and the mushrooms do you know expand your mind and the mushrooms do connect pathways uh in your in your neurons and your you know, neuropathway system. Mm -hmm. So that's, but that like the, wow, quantum physics and, and all those things. That's really cool. Uh, that, wow. <laughs> you just, I'm like blown away because, you know, as much as like you get to know a person or just even talk to a person, the fact that like you're an artist, do social media and those things, but you know, you dabble into, you know, quantum physics and you know, the ways of the universe and energetics is, uh, that's pretty damn cool. That's, that's some high level shit that a lot of people, I think, worry about not understanding. And I think when we tap into ourselves more, we can, un we can have the knowledge to understand anything that we choose to. So that's really cool. Um, I actually, so when I take, I do microdoses too. I've only done like a couple macrodoses mostly at a couple concerts and then like I did a macrodose where I like meditated and healed a lot of different traumas in my life. Um, but when I microdose, I take a psilocybin lion's mane blend. And let me tell you that shit, like the lion's mane mixed in with it and it's like chocolate too. So it breaks the uh, blood brain barrier better. Oh man. Like, the the ideas that I can come up with that I know like oh this this makes sense you know but like when you don't have that clarity you're just like ah I'm this is like a limiting belief you know in some regard and uh, it sounds like you've shed a lot of that too uh, and I guess like my next question is which thanks for sharing your mushrooms love mm -hmm. it actually if you grow them I have to hit you up uh, get some get get some get some clarity on on what you're doing on that end uh, but so from like an artist perspective so like obviously you just started 
doing NFTs and, and selling NFTs and those things. Were you an artist as a kid? Like, did you grow up doing a lot of art as a kid? Were you attracted to art class going to school or, you know, what, what was kind of your makeup as a child, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, you know, this is, and this is a part that, of my entire process and journey that I wish I could share more. It's just like harder to. Um, yeah, of course. So I grew up and I'm from a very artistic family. I, okay. from like everybody in my, in the house plays piano. I don't play piano. But everybody plays piano, everybody can draw, everybody can play instruments. However, nobody in my family has ever actually tried to take that on as like their path in life, which I've always like, even as a kid, I was always like, why? Um, And so (laughs) when I was like really young, I just started drawing. Like just, I was actually a very quiet, uh, kind of like anti, uh, you know, kid (laughs) like I would literally just like draw do my own crafts and create a lot of shit like I would create swing sets and like basically I would like I would it's not just drawing but I would just do a lot of stuff and then I would also play a lot of sports because I think I was just like a hyperactive like child Mm -hmm. I was looking for I was bored a lot and um I actually failed my kindergarten initiation And they were, like, going to put me into a special, like, needs class. But then it turned out that I was just, I actually, you know, ended up going to kindergarten and, like, being with everybody else. But they put me into a creative arts class instead. (laughs) They put me into, like, this special arts class, you know? Like, I was, Mm -hmm. there was only maybe, like, in my entire K-3 school, there was maybe, like, 30 kids in that program. And so I was doing that from obviously the jump and um literally in class like in my kindergarten class I would like make small drawings on all of my um like all of my pages of you know homework or whatever and like I would like do weird things like I would shred up papers and make comic books and I actually have one literally right here like Um, but like this is perfect like i like this oh yeah and like it's like shredded paper that i ripped up myself and then i like stapled it and made like a comic book oh my god i'm so glad you kept those i didn't keep my comic books when i did that stuff yeah i mean my parents kept i didn't like realize if i would need it or not but my parents kept everything i created and um it's all like back at my house um, in ohio but I do have that. Um, but yeah, I literally like latched onto that as a child and sports. And I actually yeah. like, I mean, I, I I did win like a bunch of awards in my grade school like years. Like I won like musician of the year, artist of the year many times in my school that was not super big. But um, like then it got to eighth grade, seventh and eighth grade is when I started to realize how serious I was with basketball. Yeah. And how serious I had to take it if I wanted to, like, A, move out of the state for it and go to college for it and get my school paid for it and play yeah. at the highest level. Because I was like, my goal was to play Division One, um, And so, yeah, I actually, um, going into high school, I no longer was a part of any art program, art class, anything. I just played my sport. 
I did it year round. I had practice every single day. I had stuff every single day for it. And then because of that, I would only draw and do art on my own. And that's when I think I, I'm actually grateful for that because I think that that's when I actually had pure control over what I wanted to create and why I was yeah. creating. And I didn't realize it. I was just like doing pen drawings. Like literally, I didn't share any of my art, you know? Um, I was just keeping it to myself. <clears throat> and um, yeah, I just did pen drawings all throughout high school. Um, and I did it in college too, less than I wanted to because I was so busy, but um, it was, it became my therapy really, really quickly because I was just going through a lot, like all the time, every day. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it definitely like started in childhood. It's, it's come full circle now that I'm literally doing it, getting paid for it. And I think I want to do it my entire life. It's like, um, it was like the first thing that I really like, you know, became interested in as a kid like seriously and won an award for it and all this stuff so yeah that's incredible how um i guess you know you talked about the mushroom part and like your career coming to an end because of uh concussions mm -hmm. so how is like your mental clarity now like how do you feel man i actually feel like way more aware than I ever was in my life and obviously that's like I don't think that's just because of mushrooms I think that's because of like everything that's happened in my life but also like I'm older now like I'm 23 and um I I don't know I I think that mushrooms have helped me accept so much and basically mm. just like understand that maybe what the true meaning of life means to me and also help me understand that I don't know shit. Like, you know, I, I think <laughs> like, like come to a happy conclusion that like, and this is something I studied in my philosophy classes in college was like, you really like the best way to end your life when you're old, hopefully. And like, you know, you just die is like to come to the conclusion that like, you know, nothing like, and I, right. I have that in one of my bios, like I know nothing because like sometimes I'm like, I know so much. Like sometimes, you know, like how I was talking earlier, if I'm on microdose mushrooms and I'm able to channel like really creative imagination, I'm like, oh my God, like this is an overload of information and it's all coming at the same time because your neural pathways are open. And I think that uh, that's why I just like to say, like, I'm just more aware, you know, yeah. I feel like I'm more aware. And because of that, I feel like, um, I'm able to kind of like be more grounded. Like if there's anything I can say that has grown overall is like um, my awareness and my ability to just stay grounded as I like do different things in my life. You know, like I don't let things get to my head as easily. I don't let certain situations freak me out. I don't, um, you know, deny certain successes when they come my way. I just kind of like I'm able to ground myself and, and take them much easier. And um yeah, I would say, I don't know, awareness, like groundedness, um, the process, the natural process of like maturity, you know, mm -hmm. and also like, uh, yeah, with my concussions, like a year ago before I ever took mushrooms and I was dealing with my, you know, literally like TBI, I was not who I am right now. <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was the lowest point of my life. And mm -hmm. I'm open to like talking about it now because 
of everything I just mentioned, but also because like mushrooms yeah. helped me just kind of like accept and then like move on. So. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, I appreciate it. I know the audience appreciates it as well. And and that being said, too, you know, I really love your your language because um, there's a lot of enlightenedness coming from you. And my next question is, what do you do? It's kind of a two part question. So what do you do to stay grounded? And then what do you do to invoke? Because I'm big on energetics and masculine and feminine energy specifically is kind of where I, I harness a lot of things. Um, what do you do to invoke like working hard to be successful and like all these things? What do you do to invoke like play and fun and what keeps you like inspired in a sense? Yeah, man. Um, well, first off, like I work, I still work out every day. Hell yeah. I still run every day. I like to try new things. Um, I box like, fuck yeah, let's go. I, bro. Like I, <laughs> I love I, boxing. That's just lit. <laughs> It's like, I have to do that because A, I've done it my entire life. Like I, I've been doing some kind of hard uh, physical activity my entire life every day. So I have to do that every day. Like I really have to, because I understand how I've literally unconsciously trained my body to do that every day, because that's a grounding mechanism for my body. And um, that's like a big important thing. Um, I eat, and because of that, like, you know, my diet, I make sure it's healthy. Like what I'm what energetic food I'm putting into my body is like pushing me. And um, other than that, like I indulge myself in what I feel like continues to make my brain work creatively. And that's unique to everybody. But like for me, and I think this will align with themes I've mentioned earlier is like, I get really interested in science. I get really interested in math. I get really interested in space and time and philosophy and um, like one thing that I actually do is like I've never owned a TV and I refuse to buy one. And if I ever own one in my house, I guarantee you it will not be used because um, I love film. Like I love I love um, acting. I've actually like done some myself. Oh, and it's it's been like really good for my creativity. Um, but I think I understand that like just for how my brain works. Like, if I have to look for something to do and I don't have the distractions around me, which would be something like a television, you know, like I I watch YouTube because on YouTube, you can learn more than you can basically in almost any college degree. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I I read books, um, make sure that I'm like outside in nature almost every day. Like, I have to at least go outside and touch grass once a day, but like I like to do, I like to go on runs and stuff outside and sometimes hikes when I have the time. And um, I feel like that in itself, like only limiting myself to the stuff that I think I know is good for my playfulness and my creativity and not indulging in other things that I know are fun in the moment, but long-term wise, not the best for that stuff. Like, it's like a matter of like, I just have to be really disciplined with myself. And um, it's hard. Like, I've, I've, like, literally, I, you know, I still have my days where I struggle and I still have my days where, like, I'm like, damn, I just want to, like, take a nap or something or, you know. um, Yeah, but just like 
I try to discipline myself just with like what I have in my setting around me, which is like, literally, if you looked at my apartment right now, it's the most minim- minimalistic thing you've ever seen. Like there's some candles, there's this massive beanbag chair, and there's a book lamp over it. And then there's like a stack of books on the floor. And then like, I use my kitchen island, it's pretty big as like my, my creative like palette. Like there's just all sorts of things around here. And like, um, yeah, that's basically, <laughs> that's basically like, I guess how I am able to like maintain the creativity and playfulness. But also I think it just comes from within ultimately, like you can do all those things and be, and be disciplined that, that definitely helps. But I think like, you just have to like be fucking creative about something and you or curious, my bad. You have to be curious about something because anybody can be creative and anybody can make art. Like you don't have to be like talented. Like, I don't think that that's what people understand. Like, you don't have to be talented to do anything creative. Like, you literally, maybe singing, I would say, like, maybe you have to be able to sing. But, like, <laughs> like what I'm doing, like, I mean, it is something that I've been, had a, a knack for since since childhood. But, like, I know people that are way more successful than me doing this stuff, and they just started. Because it's just a matter of, like, taking your curiosity and then removing judgment and just like going for it and like self-discovery. And so, um, yeah, I think that that's probably how I'm able to like always remain playful and, you know. (laughs) Wow. There was, there was so much in there, uh, gems wise. Thank you for sharing. Um, minimalism, I guess first to touch on that, I am in full agreement. Uh, I try to live as like minimal as possible. Just like eat healthy food, get sunshine, like have a computer that works that I just need to get shit done. Um, you know, have a bed to sleep on, uh, you know, have places, I guess, to put your clothing, you know, and that's, yeah, that's really all I need. Like, I don't, I don't need a whole lot. Um, like I have a car that's pretty, I mean, it's just like, it's kind of a dope Jeep. It's kind of tricked out, but like, I don't, I don't really need a whole lot to be happy. And I think that's sometimes what people misunderstand mm-hmm. with um, money and just like happiness and success. Cause like money is like a good, th- money can be a good thing for sure. But like, if you make that your sole focus of like, if you attach only to money when you're trying to become successful in life, you're going to be lost like your whole life. And I, I firmly believe that because your, your, your inner purpose is to like serve like a higher calling and a higher power. And that's helping like serve others and like help others. And um, I know like through art, I feel like art kind of taps into a human emotion for people to feel like a certain way and to like look inward with themselves and like look at what resonates with like your drawing in a sense. So I think, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, acting. Okay. Also, I don't own a TV either right now. I don't have a TV either. I don't watch TV. Not really. Like if I want to watch TV, I'll go downstairs to my brothers and like watch TV. But, um, yeah, I don't have a TV here and I actually went to see avatar last night. So like, I do love film as well. And I like to, look in depth in movies um so that new avatar movie has a lot of crazy shit that definitely i need to go see again and like look in depth on 
Um, but you're acting to go back to that. What have you, what have you done acting wise? Sorry. Um, no, you're okay. What have I done acting wise? So actually like, this is what a lot of people don't know. <laughs> I haven't done anything. Ugh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know how to turn this off without muting you as well. So, um, when I first moved to Atlanta, I, which was now, I guess like uh, just a little bit over a year ago, um, I'm so sorry. Okay. You're okay. Um, you know, I was kind of just a little bit lost, but I was like, I just want to do something creative. I knew that that was the void I had to fill in order to get my mind off of a lot of what just happened to me, which was basketball stuff, career identity crisis stuff, you know? So, um, I took that risk and I was like, I'm just going to like indulge myself in whatever creatively finds me while being able to like, you know, continue to do social media marketing stuff. Um, and naturally I was, I found myself on a film set one day just because like there was an opening and they were like going to pay me good. And I was like, I've never, I was like, you know, I've never done this before, but okay. <laughs> and so I did it and it was like super chill. It wasn't anything like serious. It was, it was just like, a, I just did it. I had a free day. I got paid. But nice. when, I was on that, when I was on that set, I met a lot of people that were working actors that had been like working in this industry for like 20 years and like, they were cool people and I like briefly and you know told them about my background as an athlete and they were like oh you'd be great you'd be great at this like and I was like I was like really <laughs> and they were like yeah and I was like um you know I was like a little bit like I've never done this before so like I'm not you know um but Atlanta which is where I'm at the film industry here is like booming it is really yeah it's okay it's popping off and what are, what people like only people in the film industry that are here in Atlanta or in LA know that like Atlanta, Atlanta had a tax cut specifically for that reason about like two years ago. That's like really coming into play now that basically allows any production that would normally take place in Hollywood, like LA to have like be able to do the same thing here with better resources and way cheaper. So there's so many productions and so many actors here. Like the amount of people I've met that are just actors here. Like I can walk outside in Piedmont Park and like there's probably somebody filming over there and there's probably a bunch of actors right there. Like literally that's how it is. And so I think naturally out of that, I started to meet the right people, but also like there's decent pay in that industry that people don't know about. And with the way my life was going, it, you know, very much like a freelance life but I was also just trying to tap into my creativity more um I just like kind of got on more sets and more sets but then I actually tried out I like went off on a limb um actually in January of 2022 and I tried out for this studio here in Atlanta that offers like this nine month long intensive Meisner course and it's actually it was really hard to get into and so I was like I'm just gonna do this because I was like if I do this then this will and if I get into this that proves to myself that like 
I have somewhere that I'm going to ground myself for the next nine months and I'm just going to grind. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to like challenge myself creatively like this. And I got into it. I got into this course and this thing. And I was like the least experienced person there. Like there were people in that class with me. There was 14 of us that had been like working in LA for like 20 years. And Oh my God. Yeah. And um, I, oh man, I was so nervous. Like I was. I would be too. It was like a lot. It was a lot, but I can say yeah. like the type of work I did in that class, which was a lot of like emotional, just like it's literally acting. Like it was actually like really magical. It was like so challenging. Like you got to be able to do all this stuff in front of people and just the consciousness work I really feel like a lot of it was just consciousness so that's why I think I was able to like catch on really quickly and also get a lot out of it I just did that it was like I did it I just graduated from it and um in November and yeah it changed me for the better it allowed me to do so much a lot it allowed me to allow myself to do so much more creatively and I knew that I wasn't just going to like hold myself to one creative path. Like right now my art and for everything I've explained and told my story and everything, like my art makes sense for me right now to give almost all of my focus and attention to, but I keep something like film and acting as like my playground stuff. Like I don't care to get paid for it right now. Yeah. Like I'm actually making great connections with people in that industry because it's all about who you know in the industry and um it's just fun it's like an escape and it's something that really gives back creative energy to to me so um i just do it and like i've made the best friends like i've made the coolest friends doing it and um i don't know it's i think it like ultimately ultimately like it's helped me in everything that i'm doing you know yeah wow that's profound Jesus, you got a lot going on. That's cool, though. Um, it's good to diversify yourself and diversify your abilities, um, especially creatively. I think, I think a lot of it goes hand in hand in terms of like art, um, because like I like writing. Like I've written a couple books, but I like uh, music too, and I think music and writing kind of can go hand in hand, especially uh, lyrically. Um, so, and I think art can, you know, mimic other forms of art. So I definitely think like your, your passion for like drawing and those things um, can also be mimicked in acting and, and movies and TV shows and stuff. So were you doing like cameos for like shorts or, or movies or TV shows or what? Um, <clears throat> oh, and to, to what you just said, I just want to emphasize that like, um, I think what I've realized is that like if you're gonna be an, if you're just gonna be an artist in life like if you just want to like portray yourself as an artist like you have to understand that like a majority of what you're doing is just being able to like uh, I don't want to say sell I don't want to use the word sell but I don't know what other word to use right now like sell yourself like literally like who you are is your art <laughs> like and understand that and like usually the people that are the most genuine in doing that are the artists that have success, you know, like mm-hmm. my, my physical pieces that I sell, I realize like those sales haven't just happened because the people connected with the art, but because the people connected with who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's you expressed yourself. Yeah. Right. And like, 
it's kind of like this unlearning and relearning. It's it's like understanding it in the most complex way possible. And so I think like that's how I that's one thing that acting has helped me understand. And um yeah, I've only been on a couple different sets for like speaking stuff. And honestly, like I can say like I have never once like gone back and watched like anything I've been on because I don't want to, but also because I think I enjoy like the process so much more than like, oh, I'm on that screen, you know? Like I said, I don't own a TV. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't really care about it like that. I care about it. No, more. for sure. I, I just really enjoy the challenge and the process in the moment. And the yeah. And so um, that's yeah. what I've done. I, I The thing is, is like, I've really focused, since I've been focused on that aspect of it, that's why I went through the nine month long intensive course, because in that course, and like, um, it's the only course offered like in Atlanta, but there's other ones like it in New York and in LA. Like oftentimes when you're going through that course, you're not like auditioning, you're not getting on sets, like you're focusing on your craft. And, um, you know, so because of that, I haven't like, I don't have a lot of experience, like, no, I can't say like, oh, I was literally like the co-star recurring person. Like, no, I, I literally, I don't have a lot of like um, experience being on the actual sets and speaking. I do have some, but very minor. But um, I've just been focusing on the craft because <laughs> it's fun and uh, it helps me like so much. So, yeah, that's interesting. You know, I think... Um artistic people and creative people they don't indulge in their own work um just because i I feel like i see other people whenever like i ask them about like you know whether you know they're actors musicians artists um like painters and stuff they don't indulge in their own work uh because i guess like we we detach from the ego and like we, we don't we don't necessarily need to see like ourselves uh, we're, we're fine with just expressing it and then sending it out into the world. Um, like I, people, when people read my books and stuff like that and they'll send me like whatever, um, I'll, uh, I'll be like, Oh man, I forgot. I wrote that. I forgot. I, I, I forgot. I said all those things, uh, because like, I, I haven't read my books since I published them and, uh, people are like, you haven't, I'm like, no, because like, I just, I don't need that attachment. Like I just, I want to express to you guys and then like, I'm, I'm good. Like I'll just live life. So that's really cool that you just detach from all of it. And that's, I think that's why like your success is coming to you the way it is because like you have no attachment to the end result, which it is actually, that is a frequency. If you think about it, that's a level of consciousness. Uh, that is a state of consciousness, um, like detachment and, uh, being at peace or neutral so that uh that'll go a long way for you for sure i appreciate it and um you just saying that reminded me of something that i can say like has influenced me is like um i did used to, i used to meditate a lot i still do sometimes but i also like kind of like honed in on my consciousness and listen to people that i respect a lot with when it comes to that stuff and kind of learn that like a meditative state like, you know, when, when people think of meditating, they think of, like, sitting with your legs crossed and your arms like this. But, like, I think that, like, a meditative state of mind is something that you can actually, like, operate in and just kind of, like, live your life in. 
Like you don't have, like, I think meditating is grounding and I think that it's needed, but I think, um, sometimes like, you know, you can just like be in a meditative state quite frequently and quite often doing everyday things. And, um, I think that, uh, creativity is a huge part of that. And I think the creative process is like a really big part of that. So, yeah. Meditation is, is just a grounding state hundred percent. I mean, I, I start my day with it just because it just like eases my mind. And then if I just like feel too cluttered, then I'll like go back to it. But you're right. Like your your mind is a constant. Can, it can be if you choose it. If you choose to live in a constant like flow state of consciousness to where like you just live in the love frequency or the peace frequency or the neutral frequency or whatever like that, that's your flow state. It's your, It's constant. So it's just like choosing how you how you want to act and how you want to, I guess, be in a sense, just being. So, yeah. And that's I think like when you activate those states when you're working, like that's when you create your best work, especially if um, especially when you're creating something artistic, like when you're in a state of being artistically, oh, man, you just like you just let it flow and you just don't think about anything but the work. And you just <clears throat> make it as authentic and uh, as genuine as you can. So what's um, so we just started the, uh, like a new year, basically, not that I get too enwrapped in like New Year's resolutions and like, you know, all the things. But do you have any any sort of plans or just any sort of like exciting things coming about this year for you or what's kind of your next steps? Obviously, you just you've you've got you know, an exhibit to go to and you want to do a private exhibit. Do you have like any set, like, I won't say goals. I'm not a huge goals person, more standards person. Um, but are there any plans like for you this year that you're acting on right now that you're willing to share, of course? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I also don't get entrapped in like New Year's resolution. So yeah. I'll do it later, like the, the do it later mindset i'm like that i try to avoid that <laughs> like, um but when it comes to plans i'm also like i like to have short-term plans that make sense and then when it comes to long-term plans i instead of plans i would call it like visions i i'd rather like have a vision unless there's like a really big event going on right like for example like next miami art basel i want to do something much more than just the exhibit i did this year you know that's a plan and that's like a goal um, but the thing is, is like to achieve that, I have to focus on the short-term plan. And I think that my goal this year is to just like lean in to like everything that comes my way, <laughs> like no resistance, um, travel, you know, be smarter with my money, learn more about currencies and learn more about money and how it works and what it means to me. Cause that's something that I can say was like the biggest evolution I personally had in 2022, but it was just starting in my opinion. And like, um, you know, just be, just be smarter with my money and like, uh, invest it wisely into my art career. Like I know that my goal is to be full time with like creative pursuits and art, but I also know how much value there is in like the social media and marketing work that I'm doing. And so my goal is to like balance all of that and continue to be smart and play the chess game right with that in 2023. 
so that I can like, you know, better achieve my goals, my longer vision of like being a creative with like, sorry, there's like somebody out there making noise. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I like, I want to do exhibits. I want to spend time in London and really get to know the right people. Um, make the most of my time in that sense. And I think like, you know, I don't know if I'll continue to live in Atlanta. Like I personally, like I know that Atlanta is a great place for me right, like right now. It was a great place for me in 2022. Um, but yeah, I think that with that being said, you know, I know that the most work gets done when I'm able to like ground myself in one place and just do work like just work on creative stuff. But I think that what I'm realizing is like also with this path that I'm taking and probably how my 2023 will go, it's so beneficial to be meeting people in person and to be places. And so I think I'm going to travel a lot. I think I'm going to travel a lot in this year. And I think like it's all going to be for a reason that's pertaining to like my bigger vision. Um, so yeah, I think that... Uh, you know, when it comes to, like, goals with, like, my art, like, sales and stuff, I've realized that, like, that stuff just, like, comes to me, like, that, it just meets me before I'm even able to, like, make a decision on it, um, I think that as long as I have, like, a standard and, like, kind of, like, an understanding and I'm grounded in my values and, and how I value my own work, like, I think that, the right opportunities will meet me. I think that the biggest hurdle with that stuff for any artist is like patience. And I think that so far, I think I'm happy with how patient I've been and how I've been able to handle the patience and handle the length of time that it's taken for my first sale. And then like the opportunity that presented itself super um, abruptly last night with my second sale. Like, um, you know, so I think, like, if I can just stay focused, <laughs> like, stay focused, stay grounded. Um, I'm trying to learn a lot more, like, business etiquette and business mechanisms, you know, and not, I'm not coming from the corporate mind with that. I'm coming from the, like, we're operating in the ecosystem of, like, human nature constantly, you know, yeah. how is it like, some artists are able to make those connections and have the right conversations with the people that put them on to like the next levels. I think that that's one thing I'm trying to hone in on too this year. Mm-hmm. Levels. It's a great, that's a great word to use actually when describing this and business etiquette. There's nothing wrong with saying that because we do live in a world and we live in a matrix where, you know, you, you got to operate within the confines of, business and interactions and transactions. I mean, that's, that's how it works. You know, even the etymology of it, you know, that's, that's just how it is. And um, you have to adapt to those ways, but also staying within yourself and grounded within yourself and keeping that, you know, that compass that, you know, you've talked about, which, you know, you seem to have a great head on your shoulders with it. And, you know, as long as you just keep networking the sky's the limit for you. And that's, that's the thing about web three that people don't get right now is like, it's super early. And the, the multimillionaires that like flipped NFTs or like the board apes and stuff like that's great and all, but like those, those were diamonds in the rough. And those were like people that had, you know, 
like a year's worth of like prep and like months and months of hype and Mm -hmm. they 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 did the networking that they did so like they like those those people that created those projects they aligned themselves for for a long time it just it it didn't happen overnight yes it it happened overnight in terms of like it boomed and the floor price went crazy but those people took months and months of prep to do that so that's what that's what some people got to understand like when you dive into this realm of nfts and and like cryptocurrency as a whole like it's not instantaneous like you really got to do your research you got to work like really hard in terms of uh you got to really love it i'm not even saying like working hard like just grind you know grind culture because i don't really believe in grind culture you know to a certain extent i believe you have to do and you have to work hard to get to where you want to be but i don't believe in like constant grind like you know we've talked about invoking play and having fun and stuff like that to fuel your creativity and i i do firmly believe that um but you know for people in order to get to where they want to get to in nfts and crypto you know you got to do your research you got to study you gotta you gotta connect though with people that's actually the biggest component is connecting with the right people Mm -hmm. and You've seemed to done uh, to do that. So, like, I guess you know, for newbie artists right now that are up and coming or trying to get into NFTs, or you know, people that want to get into NFTs but they just don't know where to begin. What is step zero or step one? Like, what would you recommend people do? Man, I would still consider. And by the way, I would still consider myself kind of like a newbie at this. I think you yeah, know, <clears throat> I've always created, but you know, when it comes to this stuff, I'm still learning every day. Like, I think that when it, for me, what I can look back and actually realize that was like the first, was the ground, like ground level thing that probably set the foundation was just like understanding my own values. Like, I think that like, you have to understand like, (laughs) what are your, what do you really value like in life? Like, and because of those, you have to literally put everything on those values and not change like you have to be so confident and understanding and like for you know I was at my lowest I was at one of like the hardest parts in my life thus far just a year ago and I think that in that was just something that like led me to like okay if everything was to be taken away like everything was to change right now like what would you hold like what would be revealed about yourself like you know and to me it was like well I think well, out of that, you know, mindset, I think I better understood what, how I would value money in my life. Like, how would I value money coming into my life and what would I use it for? And what do I want to get paid for? <laughs> like, you know, like, cause that's, unless you're, you want to be a nomad and like live off the land, which is also like pretty dope. Like you gotta, you gotta like, you know, have an income for yourself and like, that's why I think that um, grounding yourself in your values is definitely the first step in like understanding, like being confident, like you have to somehow gain confidence. And I didn't have confidence when I first started, like I wasn't posting my art when I first started, but I just kept leaning in, kept leaning in. And then eventually I just started doing and doing more and posting more and just the, 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 okay, let me think about this. The fake it till you make it type of like, mindset 
I wish there was a better, you know, phrase than fake it till you make it. However, there's a lot of truth in that. I think there's a lot of truth in that stuff. I think like you literally have to just force it, like you have to do it, be grounded in your values, do it. And then eventually you're just doing it and you're not thinking about it. And then you're having to like ground yourself in the next level of it all. And so I think like that's the most important part and understand that like you have to be ready to talk to people. Like, cause I think a lot of artists are such introverts. It's really hard. And I can say that like, if you're introverted, that's fine. Like that's, I'm introverted at times. I'm extroverted at times, you know, but like you have to be prepared to talk to people and you have to be prepared to somehow put yourself out there. Like art is putting yourself out there, but like sometimes it's a little bit easier if you're able to connect with people in more ways than just your art. And um, I think that would be like what I would tell somebody where I was seven, eight months ago, you know? (laughs) Right on. Yeah. I'm an extrovert. So it's easy for me to talk to people. Obviously, if you have, well, although I know podcasters that are introverts, so I guess that's not a hundred percent true, but (laughs) that's why I have a podcast because I'm extroverted. So I'm like, might as well, you know, maybe monetize, you know, talking to people. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I I get you. Um, and even the fake it till you make it to like, it's, it's really just, even if you don't 100% know what you're doing, just know that like, not everyone knows a hundred percent, like what they're doing in the space. Like people can come off that way and maybe act like that, but nobody has it a hundred percent figured out in the space. Maybe, maybe the guy, maybe, um, you know, maybe the people that started like Bitcoin and Ethereum and shit, maybe they know they maybe they know it, you know, 100 percent. But like, you know, I, I still learn every day. And I mean, you've talked about you're still learning every day, too. And I mean, we're all so new and like even the experts, too, they still have to figure things out because, you know, the world always changes and adapts. So you just got to you got to keep networking and just like keep studying the game in a sense. But mm-hmm. I really appreciate you uh, coming on. It, it it means a lot that uh, you know someone of your caliber and up and coming as an artist can can kind of share some fruitful thoughts to um, people that you know might just be in a limiting belief or might not be fully sure of themselves in this world yet. But there's uh, there's a lot of money to be made and there's a lot of impact to be made as well. Even more importantly, in this mm-hmm. space. And uh, liberation is the the key to success with Web3. Um, because when people are liberated as creatives, they can really unleash their best work. And when they unleash their best work, that's what people resonate with the most. Not recycled bullshit that we see every day. So um, power to you. I appreciate you coming on. Well, I appreciate you having it, man. I definitely think like... Um, being early in this space is like (laughs) it's such an opportunity that people don't realize and because I really do view this space as like access like I said like I view it as like access it's an accelerator because of that um you know social media is pretty amazing when you're able to like uh avoid the negative things about it because there are of course you know um but Yeah, you know, I think like just podcasts, Twitter spaces, like spatial audio, anything like it's such a it's such a key tool, I think, to actually achieving something that you 
just want to bring to fruition even if you're not even sure what it is yet you know it's like just talking to people it's like <laughs> it's uh it's a characteristic and it's like a hidden art form in itself that I think like the world needs more of so especially artistic people absolutely well thank you for coming on Molly I appreciate you yeah well thank you for having me man I really appreciate it yeah